good day, good afternoon, good whatever. What's up, people? This is Shavar, <laughs> Synergy Podcast with the homie Geronimo. Yo, and what's going on, everyone? We had three amazing episodes, and I, I wonder if you guys noticed. There was an opening by a, a young lady named Ashley who did this poem, this amazing poem, and, and, it, and it felt my... It, it, it filled my belly. It filled my belly, for my heart, for my mind. You know, and you hear you hear the laughter in the background. And we closed out with another with another uh, a young woman named Julie, who shared her thoughts on what it meant to be black, to be to be African American in this country. And we thought it was so dope, you know, that we wanted to hear more of their voices, right, Geronimo? We wanted to bring them on, let them speak, give them a little bit of a platform, and just kind of get to know them and hear their story. So I guess we can go in alphabetical order. Ashley, tell us tell us who you are and, and what made you um, share that, that poem with us. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Doing well. Thank you for having me on today. Listen, so I was afraid that my country southern accent would kind of get drowned out uh, with all these, these New York accents. So just bear <laughs> with me a little bit. <laughs> um, it was, first of all, it was a, a pleasure, um, you know, submitting the piece. Uh, my friend uh, Kenny, uh, who uh, has been on the other episodes with you guys, reached out to me to ask me if I would submit an audio piece. And um, when Sis asked me, I come through. So um, <clears throat> thank you so much for, um, you know, finding that useful. And um, Thank you for having me here today. Again, I'm Ashley, and uh, I am a North Carolina girl. And um, let's see, I'm a mom. I'm a, 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 a blurred, a black nerd, um, clinical researcher, uh, a poet, a little bit classy, a little bit ratchet when I want to be, um, <laughs> soul food, soul food cook, and um, uh I don't know. I guess we'll find out a little bit more as this episode goes on. I wasn't really uh, prepared to you guys to talk me up so heavy. I feel like I'm I'm dropping the ball here. <laughs> no, not at all. You did it. You did it. That was awesome. I love it. I love how <laughs> it, you express so much. It's we're not just one thing, right? We're not these labels that we're given. We're not just a mom or a sister or an uncle. Like we have all these things that we identify as, and the things that we look we like to do, and the things we like to spend our time doing. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. You're awesome. We love the thank poem. You. So happy to have you on. Next we thank have Julie. So that uh, awesome, awesome uh, audio piece that we had to end with. It was like, it's something that I actually listened to a few times to kind of like get, wrap my head around it. And I was like, oh, that's why I like drums. So Julie, please, if you could just like, share a little bit about yourself that'd be great hey guys thank you so much uh both for playing that audio which i know is long um and for uh inviting me to be here i'm really excited like this is thrilling to me um so uh, what can i tell you about me i'm a mother too i'm also a blurred so ashley we're uh we're we're there with that we're together with that i even got right. nobody All can right. see well the guys can see it i have my star wars t-shirt on right now um, i'm like total total black nerd um but i'm the mother of two amazing daughters uh 21 and 15. um i am a writer uh, I spent 15 years in, no, 25 years in advertising, and then I left advertising to go work in a public school um, because I needed my soul revived after spending too many years in advertising. Um, what else? I am, yeah, that's me. Can, can I say something? You guys just taught me a term that I didn't realize blurred. I'm actually one of those two, like big time. If you come to my house, I have like these Funko Pops all over the place. I, I, I love movies. I love anime. I, that's another episode <laughs> that we can just, for season two, Geronimo, I got an idea. You know what that means, right? <laughs> uh, how do you spell that? B-L-E-R-D. Blurred. There you go. Blurred. Black nerd. Yes. Black nerd. That's I, like right. I wear that label I'll proudly. Be, same here. I will from today on. 
like, I got like books around me. Like I'm ready to read. I'm ready to keep adding on to the brain. <laughs> there you go. Julie, <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said you wanted to. You had to leave to get your soul back. You say you had to get your soul back. Oh yeah, absolutely. Advertising is a soul sucking business and I I needed to regenerate myself by doing for people, by helping people and making a difference Absolutely, for children is the best way to regain your spirit and your soul. So I had to do that. Absolutely. I agree. So Geronimo, you want to lead us into our first topic? Oh yes. So Offline, before we started recording, right, Julie and Ashley had a really good conversation that was uh, coming around um, where I think, I, I think, Julie, you could honestly explain this better than I can. So it's essentially how Black women's voice has kind of just been diluted and their actions and their challenges aren't really put on the forefront where maybe Black men's issues are. So if you want to just take us into that, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I just think that at the heart of almost every movement, women, Black women have been at the heart of every movement, um, at the heart of Black, um, the civil rights movement, at the heart of Black power movements, um, at the heart of Black activism, but also at the heart of women's movements. Um, and so, like, you know, a lot of people, I'm amazed that a lot of people still don't know that the Me Too movement was started by a Black woman named Tarana Burke. Um, the women who started, the people who started the Black Lives Matter movement, three women, Elise, Alicia Garza, Patrice McCullers, and Opal Tomei are the three Black women who started the Black Lives Matter movement. But I think often, you know, we don't, we don't hear their names said. We don't hear the names of the Black women who um, have been, who have suffered from police brutality. Um, and at the at the hands of uh, all kinds of authority figures. Um, too often we're silent, we're in the background, or we're silenced. Whether we want to be or not, we may speak up, but people tend to push us to the side. Um, so yeah, when the, even in the health field, like, you know, the, the, the maternal mortality rate for Black women is higher than it is in some third world nations here in the United States, but we don't hear their names. You know, people don't talk about that. So there's so many ways that black women, we don't hear their names. We don't, we're silenced. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree. And um, I, I see a lot of the, the petition of, and Julie, you know, you, you may want to chime in on that too, but the whole feminist movement, um, it, 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 even that movement, you know, I'm, I'm, feminine, I'm, you know, I'm part of that movement, but it leaves out black women. You know, Absolutely. That's, that's not a movement for us, you know, because, yeah, you see me, I'm a woman, but you have to confront the fact that I'm a black woman first, you know, and, and, and it's like me addressing injustice, injustices that I've experienced as a woman. Like, I have to also confront the injustices that I've experienced as a black woman. And the feminist, feminist movement doesn't address those things. We, we get excluded out of that, too. That's not our movement. Absolutely. I mean, when you think about, like, the first, the, the, the earlier waves of, of the feminist movement. And they were so focused on like, oh, we want to be out of the home. We want jobs. We want to, you know, we want to be able to get into the workplace. Black women had been in the workplace for years. Black women had been Absolutely. working, you know, just the opposite for us. We're like, can we stay home and take care of our own kids instead of taking care of your kids? But that wasn't addressed in feminism. You know, feminism was what white women wanted, not what black women wanted. So um, from Absolutely. the beginning, it's been, you know, even, even if you go back to like looking at like getting the vote, like when white women, when we think about white women getting the vote, it was black, black women were behind that too. Black women were involved in, in the suffragist movement. So we've, we've been there all along um, and often, Black men and white women are the beneficiaries of the hard work that black women have done in, in all kinds of movements for equality. Absolutely. We were very private, you know, the civil rights movement, we were the storytellers, the, the innovators. Um, and you don't hear those voices. You don't, you don't hear that. You know, we don't get, um, I, I guess, for lack of a better word, we don't get our credit um, for being who we are and who we were even during, you know, those times. Um, 
one thing that I address, like even with my son, um, is you know, because I always tell him to learn the history that they're teaching you in the school so that you can pass the test. But I teach him his history at home. So a lot of what I teach him also involves black women history. Okay, that's a whole separate thing to me. That's a whole separate. Um, I guess, genre of history. That, that's not black history. We have our own separate section of history, if that makes sense. Yeah, There's no, I There's so agree. many black women who, yeah, you don't know their names. You know, when I think about, you know, when you hear about it, you, it the, most, the name that comes up is Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth. You know, those are, the, those are the two that most people can name right, right off the bat. And Rosa right? Parks. Rosa but, Parks, right? And Rosa Parks. You know, but I mean, there's so many more black women who have been like, just, just, we've been quieted. We've been silent. Our, our, our efforts are everything that we've done. Nobody hears about it, you know, or, or someone else gets recognition for it. Right. Exactly. And or even them. <laughs> like I was, um, I was just thinking, I've just been reading a book about um, Claudette Colvin, who's a black woman that mm. most people don't know her name. I knew her name, mm -hmm. but I didn't know, like I just kind of knew the name, but I didn't know where it came from. And she actually refused to give up her seat on the bus nine months before Rosa Parks. Rosa and, Parks, absolutely. And she was arrested and Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, did his first court case on, based on on her trying you know on what happened with her but because she was a teenager and because she was dark-skinned and because she um she then ended up getting pregnant like within the year um out of wedlock they didn't want to use her to to be the the one who spearheaded the movement so they they ended mm -hmm. up using rosa parks instead but she was, mm -hmm. she was the first, like she was the one who really Absolutely. kicked everything off, but we don't say her name. We say Martin Luther King Jr. We and we say, you know, exactly. we say all kinds of people, but we don't say, we don't say Claudette Colvin. People don't know, even know who no. she is, you know, and that happens so often in our history. So often. We don't, we don't say Ella Baker. We say W.E.B. Du Bois. We say Thurgood Marshall, but she was there with them. Um, you know, spearheading them. We don't say Fannie Lou Hamer. We don't say Daisy Bates. You know, these are all notable Black women who had Ida B. Had Wells. Huge choices. We, yeah. Okay. Ida B. Wells was like, I, she was tough. I, that She's like my favorite. Because she was just <laughs> like, I am going to write you all into oblivion. I am not going and, to. And did. <laughs> I have a question, if you guys don't don't mind, because I'm listening in one of the in, and I'm not sure. I think I did mention this in the episode. Like one of the people I value most in the world is my mom, right? You know, and my 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 history comes from my mom, you know. And the reason I'm I'm in, and I'm bringing this up because like, well, not because of that. Um, how do we you know get this information out more to our to our to our young people? You know, how do we acknowledge our women more? Because I acknowledge my mother every time. Like, every chance I get, the first thing I'm going to say is my mother. Like, you know, or, or the women in my family. How do we get this information out more? Like, what, you know, what can we do more of, especially as a black male? Like, for my, for my own daughter, I told my daughter she can be the first black president, first black female president, because we have a black president already. <laughs> like, you know, I told her, you know, if that doesn't happen, mm -hmm. I want you, you know, you can be that. Like, what can we do to, to, to galvanize them more, to make them know is it teaching them the history, history, or or report, or or are we pushing them more to be to be more than they than they probably expect them, expect themselves to be? If that makes sense. I I think it really starts with the history. Like for me, it, it, the history is so vital because when you see what we've done before, it makes you want to do more on your own. Like you, nobody has to push mm. you because you see like, mm -hmm. oh wow, a black woman did that back then when people couldn't do anything? Like, oh, mm. well I can, I, I have advantages compared to her. I can do this thing that I want to do. So I feel like when you know you're, and I just, like I have this whole thing about the idea that 
you know, our history was stolen from us as a people, right? We were snatched from mm -hmm. our land. We were told things about our past and our history and where we came from that were completely wrong. Our family members were sold away from us, like we were separated. We were, so our history was stolen from us. I mean, if you, anybody who tries to do some genealogy, any black person who tries to do genealogy and find out who their ancestors were, you can only go but so far back, right? You, you struggle, and even, even just a few generations back, you might struggle to, to find information. So our history is stolen from us, and I think you steal a people's history to keep them from knowing who they are. And like, if you don't know who you are, you don't know, it's harder to know where you're going. It's harder to have direction and focus when you don't know what came before you. So I, I, I'm, I'm all about, like, that's, I, I'm just really focused on the history these days. That's such a big thing to me. I think another thing that would be cool, cool to mention also is like, not only like women have done a lot in, our, in, in American history, black women, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, like in tennis, you know, we talk about the, the, the Williams sisters and how they're amazing. Like I actually watch women's tennis because of them. Like I, I prefer women's tennis because of them, be very honest, because it just, it just, just seeing them in, in, the, in the, how, how their, their work ethic, how their, their, their dad raised them, or their family raised them and say, so you could be great at what you are. And, and I remember learning about Athena Gibson growing up and how and how they treated her you know as a as a tennis player and how they made her undress because they thought they said she was a man playing a, a female sport like they 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 kind of try to demoralize this person who back then in the was it 30s the 20s the 30s the 30s let me look that it's up real quick like 40s 40s when 80s. she dominated the sport back to the 50s but she dominated the sport back then and and how do we, like, what is it that we can do? Again, I, I keep going back to this, this question of like, what else, you know, you said the history, is it more, more shows? Is it more books? Is it more uh, uh, artifacts? Like I want, you know, I'm big on anyone who, who, who knows me knows like, you know, I, I push the women in my family, you know, harder than I push the males in my family. You know, well, yeah, my, my son, I push him just as hard, but that's my son. But anyone else, <laughs> but anyone else, like I, I, my, my cousins, my nieces, you know, all of them, like I'm like, yo, you guys can be great. Like, is it is it also coming from the the, the the males in our community? Like, how else can we do that? Absolutely, I think black men have a huge um, a huge responsibility, um, and they and have a huge black platform in in that because. Um, I would say um, we so many black women. All right, so 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 we deal with a lot within our own our own. I guess gender, black women against black women, whatever blah. blah. But black men, I think, have this way of I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's just the black man magic or whatever it is you guys possess. It's, it's potent, right? So, <laughs> so I really feel like, you know, what you're doing with your daughters and, and, and the women in your family is such a great way um, to really make this happen, to, make, to, to really make sure that Black women aren't lost in um, the shuffle. Um, because um, what was the actor, um, it was John Boyega, his, his whole thing when all this happened, I he love said, him. Black women, you are, you are, he said, "You are ours. You are, you're ours. We belong. You belong to. We belong to y'all. We belong to y'all. Take care of black women. They're out. so you know. I feel like you have a huge um, responsibility. And um, as far as what Julie said is the history part. Um, all that has to tie in together. Um, and you can't, we cannot rely on, because, because as Julie stated, our history was stolen for us. We cannot rely on what is taught in schools. We have to stop that. There's so many of us who we send our kids to school and for whatever reason, you know, we, we just let that be it. That can't be it. It can't stop there. Because up until this year, which is, hey, you get your timing when you get it. But up until this year, so many kids, Juneteenth, what is that? Right. You know, what is that? Where did that come from? Or, you know, everything that's going on, like a, a lot of, they, they had no idea. Because of course, we don't, they, don't, they don't teach this. 
they don't teach this. Black women history, that's nothing that nobody, they're, they're not mm-hmm. teaching that. Mm-hmm. They're not teaching that. Why? You know? So it's, it's definitely, you know, it starts, it starts with the history, as Julie said, but also black men, you do have a huge responsibility. You really do. Um, and I hate to put that on the shoulders, Geronimo and Barr, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's, it's there. It's there. You got it. You know, and especially if you're raising, you know, black daughters and, and you know, you just really have to step up, honestly. If you don't mind, I want to give my daughter a shout out. I got said when she was young, got told her she could be the, the the first black female president. She is she is the president the uh, the president of the Black Student Union at her college at her university. So shout right. out to her. She's on the road. Yes. So shout out shout out to her. So shout out to her. But I, I, I wanted to to just uh, comment on what Ashley said, and um, I appreciate you saying all that, and that, that's something that needs to be said. And um, we need to acknowledge that we all have a responsibility to each other. We have a responsibility to our communities, to our families. And this whole thing where, like, there's too many kids that have grown up without a father figure. I don't know the number, but it's ridiculous. And it should not be. And it's, it's just not right. It's, we have a responsibility to each other. We have a responsibility to the, our moms. We have a responsibility to our ladies and our children nephews nieces like we we need each other in order to succeed and the moment that we stop encouraging each other or we just move in this selfish manner where it's just like i'm gonna just get mine and i this there's only enough for me to succeed which is completely wrong because it's enough for everyone we we need we need to just you know encourage and help each other i think part of what was what you guys are saying is also accountability we have to hold each other accountable. Well said. You know, we, we definitely have to hold each other accountable. And I talked to friends of mine who are dads and, and they talk about how much money they spend. And I, and I always, refer, I always say, I always, I use this. I said, time spent is worth more than money spent. That child will forget about them sneakers, but that time you taught her or him how to draw, play basketball. You took them bike riding. You took them on vacation. You came to their school and you read to the class. Trust me, that child will remember that. Because when they get older, they will throw that money back in your face and say, all you ever did was spend money on me. You didn't spend time with me. With me. As a child, it's cool. Getting new, getting new gifts is fun. Trust me, it's fun. I still, as an adult, I want new gifts. But, <laughs> but you know, but that, those memories, you know, so, you know, the, 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 the time you spend talking to your child, if, if you want to talk about money, financial literacy, how are you going to earn this money? You know, how are you going to, to, to earn this allowance? How are you going to, to save your money? You know, like, what does that story look like to you? And, I, and that's something I talk to my children about always. And, 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 they, when, and you guys, are, well, some of you guys are parents. <laughs> like, one thing I hate that my children says, and I, and, I, and I hate using the word hate, but I use this word, is that when they say, I don't like this. I'm like, well, Tell me why you don't like it. And, and, and you know, not only, don't only tell me why you don't like it, let's talk about alternatives. And that's something we also got to do with our children. Ourselves also as adults, instead of saying what we don't like or what we don't want to do, you know, say that, but also come with alternatives. Because otherwise, like Jarno says, we're going to stay stagnant. We're going to stay stuck in one place. And like we, we take away the accountability by not challenging ourselves. We're not pushed without, without pushing ourselves. You know, but anyway, that's just me. <laughs> no, that was awesome, Shavar. Thank you, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I really, uh, the, the whole accountability thing, I am there for the whole needing Black men to step up and to be supportive of Black women and, and, and to be there for their children and be involved and put in the time as, as much, if not more than the money, the time is, I agree 100% with Shavar, is like, it's the, it's the time. And, but I think that, again, I look back at the history, right? And Black men were separated from their families. Black men were told that they couldn't protect their families. They couldn't support their families, you know, um, that, that their families would be better off without them it, at various points throughout history. And so I think that we've had, you know, generations of Black men who were kind of told that they weren't 
capable of protecting or caring for their families that they didn't have anything to offer their families. And I unfortunately like that became ingrained in some ways or, you know, that, you know, if you don't have the money, don't show up, you know, if you're, if you're not paying for them, then you can't, you know, you can't see them. And, and so you can't see your kids. If you're not paying for your kids, you can't see your kids. And there's so many ways in which I think that historically, and I'm not, like, I am not, I'm, historically, Black people have been separated, and to the, to, to our detriment, and so for us to be able to, like, what's really revolutionary, like, I am all for, I am an activist at heart, I am all for being out in the street, and marching, and, you know, signing petitions, and getting votes, and doing all of that stuff, but like really at the heart of it, being there and showing up for each other day to day, um, supporting each other, like knowing when to be there for our kids, like black men learn, if you got a daughter, learn how to braid her hair, you know, like right. bond with, uh, so bond unless, with, your, bond with, your, bond with your daughters, like, What's... you know what I mean? Show up, do the day. I love those like TikTok videos or when you see like fathers and daughters dancing together and stuff like that, like show up like that. That's how you build my, my kids, communities. My kids think I'm annoying because I'm so much a part of everything. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> never too much. Never too much. I they do. may be annoyed no. now, but they will love it later, man. Well, well my daughter's older Absolutely. now, so she does talk about it. Julie, you said something that kind of triggered. Well, not triggered. It, it sparked something in my head, and I talk about this a lot. About you know, I talk to my friends about this about why black men do the things we do. With some of it, you know, not only well, our community. Part of it is conditioning. You know, like like you just you just laid it out right there. Was we were told this, we were separated. These things happen, so guess what? We're still doing it, and we aren't realizing that's part of conditioning. Mm -hmm. But I do have a question because you also mm -hmm. said something that, and I hear this a lot, where a lot of our black women say, "Well, you don't need a man, or you don't need him." Like how did you know? And being a black man, hearing that, it kind of like, damn, I'm so ooh, my bad, whatever. D damn, <laughs> like how can I be this strong black man to support you? When you're consistently telling me if I don't have money, I can't see my kids. If I don't, I don't want you around because I don't, I don't need a man. Like, how, I, how, how do we address that without seeming like we're, you know, because what, because what happens is when that happens, the black man does get disconnected because they, that some of us try to be around, but we're consistently being told that. I'm going to just say that's a defense. I, I, I always see when a woman says, I don't need a man, that's a defensive mechanism. That's something that comes out of being disregarded by men, um, pushed aside, treated badly. So if somebody, if, you know, if you keep encountering people who push you aside, treat you badly, don't show up, don't support you, then eventually you learn how to do those things for yourself. And so then when somebody does show up who wants to be there, you're, you're defensive. You're like, oh yeah, well prove, prove it. Show me you want to show up, you know, like, cause I don't need a man. I might want one. And I've said that tons of times. I don't need a man. I want a man. I don't need a partner. I want one, right? I want somebody right. who can be there by my side and walk beside me, but you got to show me that you can walk beside me because I do not need you there. I want you there. And that's a big, big difference. And I know that there's a little bit, there can be, not to generalize too much, a male-female dynamic of men wanting to be needed. But re the reality is, is that for Black women, because of what's been done to Black people throughout history, we have had to be really self-sufficient. And so it's not a matter of need in a lot of cases. It is a matter of want. And want, to me, is more important than need in some ways, right? When it comes to relationships that I want you is more important than I need you. Because if I need you, once my need is fulfilled, guess what? You don't, you're not necessary, right? But if I want you, then that can continue forever. So I, you know, I think that it's an unfortunate thing. I think it's, it, again, it comes out of that historical thing of separating Black people. And, and so it's hurt our relationships. And we have to learn how to heal from that and how to learn how to be there for each other and support each other.
Don't, don't see, get me started. I, I, I will ramble on. No, you're not rambling, no, you know. Julie, that was fantastic. I think you, you made a good point, Julie, with the, the historical, uh, the, the separation of the black communities. You know, we talk about men being conditioned. Women have been, black women have been conditioned too. Um, it's all of this is, you know, very much systemic. I used to work in, you know, social services and specifically with, um, you know, in like dealing with child support and things like that. So, all right. So what happens when we, if, if we can actually build up the black communities and the black families again, there's power in that, right? Absolutely. Right. So, so, so historically the separation, you know, of the black family, the tearing down of the black family, that has been to, to prevent us from, 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 from that power, from, from that realization that, we can be so much more. We can do this, but they're doing this. We can do this too. We can do this better. We, we look at, look at the tools that we have, look at the skills that we have. So the system has also aided in that conditioning of, of like the black woman, of course, I don't, you know, not having the man in the household, but you know what else? I'll get some child support if he ain't in here. I'll get other perks from the state if he's not in here. I'll get food stamps if he's not living in here. You know, I'll get I'll get all these things if that man is not living in here. So she's been conditioned to think that way because, hey, I'm getting all this with him not being in here, and it's further destruction of the black family. It's all to me. It's like it's all part of the great design. You know what I mean? And it would hurt me when I would you know handling cases like that. And I see them come in my office, and that's the attitude that they would have. Like, what what I need him in for? I'm getting all these things from the state. They're taking care of me. That's not how it's supposed to be, but that's how they designed it to be. That's that's really what so systemic racism is, right? Like, when people go, well, what is it, it's systemic exactly. racism? It's when you – it is – a system that's so pervasive that you end up working against yourself. Like exactly. that's, that's how, exactly. that's how yeah. it tears us down. I'm glad you, you guys, exactly. you guys talked about conditioning and which is really important, you know, and actually what you said, I, I think that's what part of I was, I was part of my question when I was talking about, you know, but you know, I do, like we before this episode started, we said this might be a seven seven episode series, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> because I, I do want to segue, I do want to segue, I don't want to stop this, but I do want to segue us, us into something else we talked about, and because as she said it, she reminded me because I was gonna let this keep going, you know, we talked about family, Ashley talked about family, and 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 I and I mentioned earlier about your poem and how it made me feel like I was full, my, my belly was full, and I want I want us to talk about the black family how in Really, we talk about the man as the help, the head of household, but actually, the, the the black woman, the mama, she is the head of the household. When you walk in that door, you better give her a kiss on the cheek. You better give her that hug. You better, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. But you, you know, can we talk about can we talk about that dynamic, dynamic the family, the the, the the Sunday dinners that Geronimo will get, you know, sooner or later. We're gonna we're gonna get you one of those, Geronimo. <laughs> Like, can we talk about that? Can we talk about what that looks like? Can we talk about the history? You know, I'm gonna leave it up to you guys. Go, go for it. I mean, you, know, you want to go? <laughs> the, I mean, the Sunday, the Sunday dinner just is. It's it's ubiquitous. It's just like I don't, I don't really even know. I know in my family, it's funny in my family. The Sunday dinner was always there when I was a kid, but when my, and my grandmother, so my grandmother had 14 children. My father's the youngest of 14 and she cooked for everybody and everybody and their children, all the grandchildren would come over on Sundays. And when she got older, she, um, everybody wanted her to stop cooking Sunday dinner because she was, her health was failing and everything. So, and she wouldn't stop. So they moved it to Wednesdays so that somebody else could cook. And so, cause she was okay with her daughters cooking on Wednesday. She wasn't, she just wasn't okay with them cooking for her on Sunday. Don't, so don't they moved the dinner. So they moved it to <laughs> Wednesday dinners. And so in my family, even like 30 years after my grandmother passed, we were still having Wednesday night dinners because that was the tradition that it started. But that whole idea of like gathering around the table and coming together and 
the matriarch of the family being at the center of it. I, I just, that's, I don't know. Like that's, I don't even know. Ashley, do you know where that started from? How that started? Cause that's, I don't know. It's just the heart of it. I, you know, I think, um, I think we were kind of touching on it earlier as far as I, I really think for, I think it started, you know, if you look back at, you know, even slavery, you know, I know they, they worked this, but I think, I think, I think there may have been a day in there, maybe Sundays, but we had a couple of hours off, you know, and, and I think those were the days, those were the times where black women would, you know, get together, you know, with other black women in the community and, you know, they you know, cook whatever, scraps or whatever we had and get the, you know, get the family around and, and, you know, that was when, you know, service, church service was held. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that. And I think it just all derived from that. And it was just, and it, and it's grown from there. Um, you know, you look at Sunday for black people, for black families and black women in particular, that's the day you can cut up all week, all you want to, you know, but Sunday you come in this house, you act right, you do what you're supposed to do. You sit down, we go to church, we're doing this, that, and the third, and we're going to have dinner. That's what we're going to do. We're going to yeah. eat, Yeah. you know, and, and that's just, and, and it's and it's a love language. It's been a love language for Black women. You know that's that's that's, that's you know we it was how you know we, we're the nurturers usually and you know and the caretakers and oftentimes it's you know we we take on that role you know we take it on without question, you know without debate without anything and that's what we do. And the importance of the Sunday dinner. It's not just the eating, you know. That's not what it's about. That's not what it's ever been about. It's the it's the fellowship. It's the coming together. It's the we made it through the week, you know, and we're gonna we gonna we're gonna try to knock Monday out the rest of the week, but today, listen, we're gonna enjoy each other. It's that nourishing, right? And like I, I think that's that right, nourishment right. that's at the heart of it. This like right. the physical nourishment, but also the the spiritual and the emotional spiritual. nourishment Ab- of your absolutely. family, you know. Um that Sunday soul. That Sunday soul. Yeah, I actually mm-hmm. learned how to cook for the same reason. Well, I, um, um, Julie said, you know, my mom worked. I grew up in a single parent home. My mom worked. She went to school, and I'm like, dude, you're doing too much. You know, can I do something? So I learned how to cook so my mother can go to sleep, so she could rest. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I learned, I, and I'm, I'm nice in the kitchen. I brought it down. I'm real good at the kitchen. That's so, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, so I well, want Listen, our meetup for Sunday dinner should be awesome then. We're going to have a potluck. Yes. <laughs> so I do want to talk about those dishes, man. I want to hear, like, what those dishes are. I know, Geronimo, I don't, I don't mean to pick on you. I know you don't have the Sunday dinner, but the dishes that mom makes, you know, Julie, if you could talk about what grandma made, Ashley, that poem, you know, you fed me. But this talk, can we talk about these dishes so these people know what it's like to sit at, at home? But like, Ashley also said something else, and I apologize for, for skipping around. It's about that coming together. Like, I get to see my cousins when I go to grandma's house. I get to see my aunties, you know, my uncles. My mom, my mom actually ended up being the the, the the person who took over. So when Thanksgiving came, everyone came to my house. It was like, so, I was so happy to see, like I said, cousins, uncles, aunts, like that one time out of the year, whether it's Thanksgiving dinner or the Sunday, somebody was stopping by my mother's house to get some food. You know, but what, can y'all talk, can y'all talk about those dishes that you, that, that, what's that one dish or two dishes that, that made you feel the, the, the more, the, like you were home? Oof. Down here? That macaroni and cheese, mm. all right. That's got to hit the table. That's got to hit the table. That macaroni and cheese has got to hit the table. And some type of green, whether that's some collard greens mm-hmm. or some turnips, something like that. Those those have to be there. Have to be huge staples for the south. Real, you know. And then you know, if it, 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 nothing else, if nothing else. I want to smell some pies. I gotta smell. <laughs> I gotta smell some. Pies. I'm hungry right now. You make me hungry. That's probably a universal thing within the black community. Like, listen, who made it? Who made it? 
Don't use Sunday as your first day to try mac and cheese. Don't do that. In my family, it's potato salad. Like, who made the potato salad? Like, oh, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Geronimo, what's up? Tell us those dishes, man. Talk about them dishes, man. I know you said mom feeds you. I eat when you eat, but she feeds you. <laughs> For sure. Uh, staples in our household, always like some kind of like some kind of rice. So whether that's rice with like black beans or pigeon peas, those are like staple in like Latin household. Uh, pork shoulder, aka pernil, that's a big one. Uh, my mom would also do a bunch of like macaroni salads, potato salads. Um, baked mac and cheese was not a thing growing up, though. I have to be honest, that wasn't that wasn't in our household. I missed out. I do love it when I do Ooh. get my hands on it. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, you know, but you always had love to mac and cheese. Honestly, I have. Come on down, You are deprived. Mac and cheese for me was out of the box. I know that's saddening. No, no. That's what I learned how to make for myself. So stovetop. I'm so sorry. Powdered cheese. You know what I'm saying? That's just you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, guys. I feel no, like I like, <laughs> brought this down. No, sugar, no. You poor thing. I feel so bad for you. <laughs> right? Just, ooh, you just hurt my feelings. Uh, I love you. I love you guys so much. You guys are <laughs> <is> incredible. Can't <laughs> <laughs> even eat mac and oh, cheese anymore. God. Now I just want to make a pan of it to bring to you so that you <laughs> can. I like I, you. Just you're deprived. Let me know. I'll pick it up. <laughs> I, I love mac and cheese straight up <laughs> All right, in, my, in, in my household I mean because Belize is, my parents live in Belize and Belize is in Central America and how Belize is, is sectioned off you know you have uh, where the slaves came in where it's more African and you go further inland it's more Indian and, and you know mine Indian and you have uh, Spanish so a lot of dishes I ate I didn't realize were Spanish dishes until I, I got older and I started dating, and I dated a lot of Spanish girls. You know, girls, there were girls then, <laughs> and I would go to their house and eat. And I'm like, I eat this stuff, but you know, I ate the like you said, the rice and rice with the black beans, right, right, mm -hmm. right. I had the pork show that. So we have um, so nachos. We don't call it nachos. We call it garnachas. And garnachas is, is a is a is a the fried tortilla, on with mm -hmm. with beans on top. With the cheese and the in in the whatever bread sauce what have you and, and it's it's pretty much nachos, but it's called ganaches. We don't call it uh, empanadas. We call it panadas, and it's made out of fish. So a lot of the dishes that I ate, I just thought they were Belizean, which they are Belizean dishes. But we Belize is bordered by a lot of Spanish countries. So a lot I didn't realize again until I got older. I was like, wow, I have this Afro Latino food that I was eating my entire life that I didn't realize. Uh, you know, you know, but as far as my house, the rice and beans, the stewed chicken, we have this dish called Ducano, which is a corn cornmeal dish, a corn dish, and it's called something different in Spanish. I, I'm gonna get the name, Geronimo. I know you ate this before. Is, I, is, I don't, I don't. We'll, we'll talk about it offline. <laughs> but those dishes, but going like I said, the the only potato salad I will eat is my mom's potato salad. Because she know I don't she knows I don't eat mayonnaise and mayonnaise makes she nauseous. So she bought this like this West Indian salad cream that she puts into it and she's the way she seasons it. So I have two ways of eating it. I have the dry way where she she takes the, the, the potatoes and the and, the, and the, the vegetables and she she mixes with the salt and pepper and garlic and I'll eat the dry version. For, I'm, I'm weird. So I'll eat the dry Julie's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you can see my face, right? I'm just like, what is he doing? So I'll eat this dry version. And so she'll set that aside. I'm breathing. She'll set that aside to me, for me. But then when she, because, because of mayonnaise, it just makes me nauseous. So she found this salad cream that she uses and she makes it. And like, that's the only way I can eat potato salad. Like her potatoes are like, Perfect size. The it's just perfect, man. Like, like that's the only way I can eat cream salad dress salad uh, potato salad is the way she makes it. Anyone else? I'm sorry, Julie. I'm sorry, Ashley. I refuse. I will not eat your potato salad. I'll just look at it in the, the same face that Julie's making right now. I will probably make. <laughs> I'm 
trying not to be judgmental, oh. but man, it's really hard. I know. You know what, Bar, Bar, you might have to show up to Wednesday dinner. I don't know about oh, Sunday. No, yeah. about- <laughs> mm-hmm. That's mad Listen, <laughs> I'm not eating your plate of salad. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm letting you know right uh, now. Okay. <laughs> uh, come Friday. I have We have fish fry Friday night. You can do that on oh, Friday. I can do that. I can yeah, do that. Not, no, no potato salad for Sushabar. No. Yeah, at all. Mm-mm. You just are out of that. <laughs> no, I won't eat it. Trust me. I won't, I won't even touch it. I won't even look at it. So Julie, tell us your dishes. Like you know, you talked about the family, but what about the dishes? So, uh, um, you know, the 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 mac and cheese, the collard greens, those are always staples. You know, um, for me, it was funny, Shabar, because you were saying that you didn't know that, that some of the dishes that you were used to were actually um, from you know had other origins from them. So I grew up eating all of these dishes that I just thought were like, these are the foods my family makes and these are foods all black people eat, whatever. And then I went to Barbados, um, which is where my grandfather's from. And the resort that I stayed at had a, uh, like a buffet and they had all these dishes. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna taste like Bayesian food. I don't even know what, you know, what the food of my origins are. And I walked in there and I was like, Man, this is the stuff we eat all the time. What is this? <laughs> right? I was like, they were like, oh, have some breadfruit. And I was like, this is like squash. This tastes exactly like my grandmother's squash. What are they doing here? Like, I was so disappointed because I thought I was going to eat these like amazing exotic foods and I just got the stuff that I always get. So that was, um, but like, and also another one, which in my family is big for, it's this curried chicken and rice dish. And I don't, I've never seen anybody else make it anywhere. I've never had it in a restaurant. I've never seen it anywhere, but it's like chicken and lots and lots of curry and um, olives and capers. And it's kind of all mixed together and it's really super, super tasty. Um, but I can't, my sadness right now is that I cannot eat any of the foods that I love and grew up on because I've had like different dietary things that have happened over the years. So now I'm down to like, I can't eat, I had to cut every, I had to cut out beef, I had to cut out pork, I had to cut out dairy, I had to cut out gluten and I, and I had to cut out fat and sugar. So now I'm like, I can't, all of the foods that I grew up on and that's really hard. And I was talking to a friend of mine whose father, whose mother just had uh, her gallbladder out and he was trying, he was mad because he can't get her to eat right. And I said to him, listen, man, for black women, like food is, that's how we nourish. That's how we get over things. It's like, oh, you know, that like unqualified white boy just got the job. I'm going to have this delicious cheesecake that I just made or all oh, that man left me. Let mm-hmm. me, you know, make some mac and cheese or oh, my children right. have to go out into the world <laughs> and I don't know what's going to happen to them out there. Well, let me nourish them with their favorite meal before they go. Like there's, that's how we get through our lives. So taking that away feels like taking control away. So it, it literally, I think food is how we often take control of a world that doesn't give us a lot of control. So, mm. you know, mm. I just, I had to throw that out there because I'm living through that right now. So I had to throw that out there. I didn't see if you noticed that a lot of this all came full circle. You know, like Julie says something about you know, not realizing that the food she was eating, myself included, this entire time was from a part of a culture that I didn't realize. And that's like the, you guys said earlier about robbing us of our history, not knowing our origin, like like taking, you, like Julie, you said this earlier about taking that ancestry.com or whatever thing doesn't really make me much, to, well, for me, because like, I don't know where my people came from. I don't know the, the original foods. I don't know what they believed in. Like, I just know what I know now. You know, I don't, mm, you know, it, it's just crazy how everything comes full circle with conditioning, with robbery, with uh, misleading, with, is there so many adjectives I can use? <laughs> so many ways to describe <laughs> what, what happened to us as a community. But what you said, Julie, also, and what you alluded to was being strong. And actually, too, you said this also, is about being strong and pushing forward. 
like using those things to, to, to connect, using the food to connect, you know, using our history to connect with our young people. You know, and I think that's really, not, I, mean, I always say, I think, I know these things are really important to us. I know these things are important for us to grow. And like Geronimo said earlier about building and, and connecting and telling truths and so forth and reminding ourselves and, and learning this history, like, you know, talking about, like Julie, you mentioned earlier, the young lady who initially was the first person to sit down on the bus, but we don't talk about that history. But having that history and having those stories, and nothing against Dr. King, nothing against Rosa Parks, it's just that people keep leaning on those names. Right. Where our history is more, more, where our history is more than those names, than those 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 small stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ashley had brought up earlier that the reason why those names are what you keep hearing is that's what's taught in our school systems and that we have a responsibility to ourselves and, you know, our siblings, families, each other to educate ourselves and educate each other on the actual history. So I, I guess I could, as we go in closing, if you guys just want to share with us some of the resources that you guys have, I know Julie, you do a lot of reading you're really into history right now. If you just want to share with us some resources that we could tap into so that we can start to educate ourselves and get to learn and, ourselves a little bit. And, and we is not only myself and Geronimo, we as a community. So for those of us who are listening, we as a community, we, as, we are the people. We as the people. This is for all of us. So if you guys can please share, you know, poems, uh, landmarks, food recipes, uh, historical <laughs> figures. Died for the food. Uh, yeah, I'm a food guy, man. I, during this quarantine, I gained like 20-something pounds, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> that's another episode. <laughs> Do the health episode. Yes. Um, I just immediately opened up my my list of podcasts because uh, I, I do listen to a lot, a lot, a lot of podcasts. Um, so I'll just, I'll tell you um, one that I am really into right now. Actually, there's a couple of them that really opened my eyes about certain things in history. One is called The History of American Slavery, um, and it's by Slate. Um, and they break down, they start each episode with um, a person, a particular person in, his, in that particular period of slavery. And then they kind of talk about the policies and culture and everything that was surrounding that person in that time. And that has given me a completely different perspective on slavery than I ever had before. Um, and another one is called 1865 and it's by Wondery and it's more of a audio drama so it's not like 110% accurate historically because they dramatize a lot of things in it but again it it's the it's the time right after uh, uh, Lincoln was assassinated um, it's the it's the like year or two after Lincoln was assassinated and all the stuff that went on there and the politics to listen to that and to listen to the politics that were going on then right now with what's going on in our country right now you're like oh my god they are following a rule book from 1865 there's so many things that you go oh i now i know why they decided to do this and that because they did it before and it worked so that was that was one that really opened my eyes a lot and um yeah, so those are the two podcasts that I have. There's, there's, uh, there's a book. There's two books, but I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna. I don't want to hold everybody up by trying to find the names of them. So, I'll I'll let somebody else share one. Let Ashley share. Um, number one, I think for for me, um, I would say that we just need to not lose sight on it. If you have elders in your family. That if you and they're still yes. of their right mind and they're still talk to your elders. Talk to your elders. I gotta get that applause. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna add to that one. Because there's so much there. And once they're gone, it's the information they have is gone. We can't get that back. So 
we need to, you know, encourage our young ones, encourage our children to speak to your elders. You know, um, there's so many stories there. I was so very, very privileged and lucky to have my great grandmother up until I was about 19, 20 years old. Um, it was through her I was able to trace back, you know, uh, my family a little bit further than I would have if I would have uh, used these modern day tools um, because she still had that knowledge. Um, and, I, you know, I still have a few elders in my family that I, I make a, you know, a habit of visiting. And I notate and I write down what they said. And we had like a family, we saw like a family Bible. And, um, and we just had literally, you know, have significant information in there so that all the young people coming up have, have a reference. So it's very important to speak to your elders, talk to them. Um, and as far as books, um, I would, um, there's a book, Julie, I don't know if you've heard of it, uh, but it's, it's new. It's called Well-Read Black Girl, Finding Our Stories, Discovering Ourselves, like an anthology. It's a great Ooh, one no, to read and pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's great. Um, also, um, the combination of blackness, race, crime, and the making of modern urban America. That's a good read. And also, why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? Have you read that one? You guys heard of that one? That's a, that's a really good I've one. I've heard too. of that. I haven't read it, but I've heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, those are good. And I'm, I can I just like throw in if if you if you haven't if you're if your elders have passed and you kind of feel like, oh my God, I missed that book, like go through their old stuff because the old books, oh, yeah, the absolutely. old, you know, like you said, the Bibles, the like don't just go and clean out their houses and go, Oh, there's a bunch of old books, let me just throw them away. Like no, go flip through them because there's little notes in there. There's like, there's so much. I, I have done that and have found so much information just in like tucked away in old books and, and photograph album, photo albums and things like that are a great way to find out about family history. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so if if you guys are willing to share, what's next for you guys? I know Julie, I'm going to throw it out there. You talked about starting your own podcast. I don't want to put you in the hot seat. If you oh. want to share. <laughs> and and Ashley, I, I'm going to put you in the hot seat too. We, are we getting more more poetry? You know, are, are you performing? Is there a book coming? Is there a book out? Is there a website? Julie, the same for you. I need we need this information. We need people to 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 engage with our black woman. You're awesome, Shavar. I swear. Try to find a way to shut me up. I'm like, oh wait. No. <laughs> Thank you. But I, I want to say one thing first. We talked about a lot of things like oppression, and we talked about the, you know, the conditioning and and all of that. But at the heart of it all is is the black woman. I mean, I think that's that's one thing we just need to really remember and focus on. At the heart of all of the suffering, heart of everything, when it comes to, you know, that 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 silver lining almost, that that protection, that that you know, that that nurturing, that blanket of protection, the black woman has been there. And you know, and we still here. And we ain't going nowhere. You know, beat us down, do whatever, we still here. And 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 as the young kids say, and that's on period, right? So we <laughs> we here. Uh, but as far as what's next for me, um, the poetry. So I have made a commitment that I am going to uh, channel my energy into uh, getting a, a a a poetry book, and so that I can um, get that going. I have uh, talked myself out of it plenty of times, but I'm ready. I'm ready. So that's coming. Yeah, well, I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to that. And also, we need a recipe book from Absolutely. both of you guys too. <laughs> Julie, what's up? Talk to us, Julie. So, um, honestly, I have been procrastinating not one but two podcasts for a really long time um so the first is actually 
uh, about black women. It's to support and encourage and to kind of, not even to support and encourage, I'm not really saying it right. It's really to um, look at the world from a black female perspective. And so it's really about getting through the day to day, getting through the things that you have to do and living life which is really hard sometimes. And we get a lot of advice from a lot of different sources, but we rarely get that advice from black women, but we've been figuring it out forever. So I really wanna do um, a podcast with other black women um, and uh, from different, in different life stages, talking about how to kind of get through life, how to do that adulting thing, as they say. So. Um, uh, Ashley's going to be a guest. Ashley will be a guest. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Ashley may be a co-host. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> um, and then the other one is with my, my obsession with history. I have long wanted to do a series of stories um, about a young black girl who gets pulled back into different times in history and has to live through them oh, and wow. learn about them and learn um, about why our history is taken away from us and how to get it back. And awesome. so I started it as a, as a book, but I really want to do it as a as a um an episodic podcast so that is That's dope cool. you need to start that now because if someone hears this and steals your id idea i'm sorry i'm gonna be so <laughs> mad at you that needs to get started <laughs> well you're the one who made me yeah. say it in public man <laughs> so i'm blaming you if someone steals it <laughs> <laughs> we can edit it out <laughs> it will just be like elevated music playing while you're talking. <laughs> There's nothing to see here. Julie didn't say anything. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you, ladies. Thank you for for stop stopping in for well for logging in, right? <laughs> um, thanks for coming. Thanks for like sharing your time with us. This was amazing. I honestly, feel like. I can't wait to listen to this episode again, just to kind of get more nuggets from it and just to learn from it and to really sit in it. Um, and honestly, like I would love to continue this conversation. There's so much that came up that because we only had like a fixed period of time, we really couldn't dive deep into. So I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation with you. Likewise, you know, I did interrupt you guys to, <laughs> to segue into something different because there's so much. I wanted to hear so much more. You know, we could talk for four or five hours, you know, but I'm not sure if you will listen to us for four or five hours. <laughs> but definitely, like the Geronimo said, you know, you guys are amazing and, and, and I'm, all, I'm all about supporting each other. And, and I'm glad you guys were able to come on in our episode and to talk and share part of your stories, you know, like I said, part of like a smidgen of your story or a smidgen of your knowledge, I think was great. You know, like actually opened our last episode. Uh, Julie closed that episode and we invited them on and, and, and this is all about you guys. This is the takeover. You know, say her name, you know, <laughs> say their names. Their names are Ashley and Julie. You know, and thank you guys. We really appreciate that. So Geronimo, what's next for us, man? Is this season two? Is this so this is this I don't know if season one, season two yet. This, this I don't is, know. So all right, so make so yeah, so this is, you know, we, we Geronimo and I, we're going to give you guys a little preview into the future. Geronimo and I, we talked about what season two would look like. And season two will be more of a conversation. We may have more people on talking to us. Because we love, we love talking to each other. But having a conversation with, with great people, great individuals, and their stories is, 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 is cool. And hopefully you guys get to listen to some of our fun episodes where we just like bug out and... <laughs> Flats versus drums and, and something along that line. Um, but Geronimo, how can they reach you, man? What can they do? Uh, they can reach me on Instagram at GMO underscore 612. You can also reach out to us at the Synergy Podcast at gmail.com. G yeah. No, you said it right. You said it right. You said it up. <laughs> um, yeah. Those are um, the top I think we're also on Twitter as well. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We have the Gmail. And if you want, you can reach me. Uh, on Twitter is at Shavar, and on Instagram is just underscore Shavar. 
uh, all my photography is um, at um, provoke underscore madness. So, you know, let's have fun. And that's that. Wow, this is a good season, man. Is that it? Yeah, this is it. Am I crying right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> Julie and Ashley, then would you like to share how people can reach out to you? Feel free to, not to. It's up to you. Um, sure. I'm at Jules a Gem on um, Instagram, and it's J U E no J U L E S G E M on Instagram. And I think Ashley's private on Instagram. <laughs> I, am. <laughs> I am, but look, I, can, I, can I come back when I get my poetry page set up? I absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Po- poetry, you know what, we're going to call it Bella's Poetry. We already, we already came with the name. Yeah. So, so go on Instagram. When you listen to this, so Ashley, you better do this when this is over. Go on Instagram and yeah. Bella <laughs> underscore poetry. It might not be anything there, but it's it's gonna be there. But it's gonna be set up. It's gonna be set up. It's gonna be let me write that down because I will forget. <laughs> that was good, Barl. Was... <laughs> no, but thank thank you thank to you all the so listeners. Much for having me. No, thank you guys for coming. Thank you guys for participating. Thanks for the feedback. It was a good first season. We learned a lot. Oh, oh, also, Geronimo, you know, during our hiatus, I'm going to start, I, I mentioned this to you, I have, a, I have another podcast that I'm doing, you know, nice. something totally different where I'm interviewing dope people, like, you know, one-to-ones, and, and I have a name, but I'm going to park them like that for now, and, and when I get the name, I'll, I'll post it somewhere, but yeah, so back, back to us. This is a dope season. Uh, thank you, guys. Geronimo, thank you. Goodbye. Okay. You're good. Thank you, guys.